Salutations, friend, and welcome to the Profit Scale Podcast, where we help independent Black, Indigenous, and people of color entrepreneurs earn at their highest levels through securing corporate contracts. I'm your host, Ruth Joy Connell, your corporate consultant and sales enablement expert, and I'm on a mission to equip you with the systems and strategies you need to build a business of generational impact and income. Around here, we bring culture and coins together, providing all the learning, community, and support you'll need as you scale your business. So if you're ready to step into your next level of income and impact, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Turn up the volume and lean in, because we're about to get started. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode, another conversation. Okay, I have to be honest, I am sad that the summer is coming to an end, at least in my part of the world. We have officially breached the last four weeks of summer, and I'm doing my very best to enjoy what few weeks I have left. I will say, though, that this summer was a really, really great summer for me. I spent so much of it outdoors, hiking, walking, going to the beach. I went to theme parks and taking weekend trips. These are all things that I love to do. So honestly, I can't complain. This summer has been amazing. My friends and I, we usually create a list of things that we want to do over the summer. And this year was the first year that we took that list and we put dates to each one of the activities that we said we wanted to do. And since we did that pretty early on, like right before summer actually started, we actually ended up doing like 90% of the things on the list, which is a huge difference from the years prior. And there are still a few weeks left for us to knock out that last 10%. So honestly, I'm so grateful I've had such a great summer and I hope you have as well. For us, what we've done in the past is usually we create this list of all the things that we want to do over the summer, but then we'd only end up coordinating maybe one or two of the activities when either someone found themselves bored or we just happened to be together. And then we'd be like, hey, we should go do etc. But this year was really different. We put action behind our intentions and made a plan that made it easy for us to follow through. So Tying that together with our conversation today, I want to help you do the same thing when it comes to finding clients and marketing your business to build relationships with decision makers. One of the main challenges with finding clients is simply not knowing where to start and not knowing where to start or which platforms and places to find your target audience on. And navigating social media can feel like an abyss of wasted time if you're not confident in what to do. The reality is that you're likely navigating a full-time job, being a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, a friend, and so much more. So spending hours creating content, posting on social media, and replying to comments just isn't always feasible. And if that's you, my friend, which it's definitely me, (laughs) then the good news is that in the B2B market, social media is not the only way to find clients. And there are, in fact, actually more effective ways to do so. Today, I want to share with you three different ways that you can market your business to find clients and to connect with decision makers without ever using social media, including LinkedIn. Before social media was created, before Google became a verb, and before the internet existed, marketing and sales were still alive and well. 
Marketing in its simplest definition is the activity of promoting and creating awareness for your product or service. This has always been a foundational aspect of business and marketing wasn't invented alongside the internet, meaning that there had to be ways of getting the word out that had nothing to do with social media. As I was preparing this episode, I actually dove into the history of marketing to better understand how it has evolved over the years, and more specifically in the last 50 to 70 years. And what I found is that word of mouth marketing is the oldest form of marketing and quite frankly, the simplest. That's where a friend tells a friend where they bought something from, and that friend then goes and buys it themselves. There are no bells and whistles, just a simple exchange of facts without any convincing, without any pressure, and in most cases, without any reward for the person giving that information. Then, as a society, we progressed and advertisements were introduced. First in print publications like the local newspapers, then billboards, and eventually bus stops, radio, TV commercials, and more. Advertisements go as far back as 1704, which is when the first record of a newspaper advertisement was published. So this industry has quite literally been around for centuries. So then in the 1950s and 60s, door-to-door sales became popular. Salespeople during this time would introduce you to the product, show you how it worked, and try to sell you on it all in real time and right at your door. So it was an all-in-one marketing and sales pitch and a very effective strategy at that time. Then we moved into the 1980s and then came telemarketing, the internet, and eventually digital marketing. It's easy to forget that businesses still thrived before the advent of digital marketing. And when you look really closely and compare the two, digital marketing really just takes proven and trusted traditional marketing techniques and makes them digital and more lucrative. So for example, affiliate marketing has become the new word of mouth. Facebook and Instagram ads have become the new billboards. And email marketing has become the new newspaper ad. Traditional marketing techniques haven't died out. They've just evolved to leverage today's technology and the reach that we can have today that was never available in the past. Now, today's episode is not going to be a history lesson on marketing through the eras, but I did want to start off our conversation today by broadening your perspective on marketing in general and shifting your belief that you have to be on or leveraging social media in order to have success in the B2B market. You've heard me say it before, and you will hear me say it again. All marketing works. There is no one size fits all. It's just about finding the one that works for you. So my goal for today's conversation is to help you start building relationships with decision makers without the overwhelm and confusion that can sometimes come with being on social media. And as someone who creates and leads training for a living, I know that the simpler this is, the more likely you are to take action. So what I did was put together a download for you for today's episode that has three resources to help you take action on one of the methods that I'm going to go over. So you may as well take a second right now, scroll down to the episode description and download it now. Got it? Awesome. Let's jump in. All right, let's start with the avenue that has the lowest hanging fruit, and that's within your existing network. So the first of the three methods we're going to talk about today is your existing network. There are people that you're connected to right now that can be a bridge between you and an organization that needs your services. 
But my question to you is, do they actually know what you do well enough to know when an opportunity would be a good fit for you? We spend so much time marketing to and trying to get strangers to understand what we do, but we often forget to do the same with the people who know us personally. If you were to ask five people who know you personally and are not past or present clients nor immediate family to describe what you do and who you serve, would they be able to? If not, then this is a great first strategy for you to start with. Educating your current network of friends, colleagues, peers, and family members on what you do gives them the knowledge they need so that they can think of you when the time comes. Providing them with even just a basic understanding of your expertise and target client makes it easier for them to look for opportunities on your behalf. Usually when we think of our existing networks, we think about it from the perspective of who could be a potential client, and that's one way to go about it. But I also want to challenge you to think about who could be a partner. A great way to do that is through what I call support call conversations. These are conversations that are often held virtually or over the phone, depending on how well you know the person, and where you're asking them how you can support them and sharing with them how they can support you. This may mean that you take this opportunity to ask for an introduction to a point of contact within their organization or asking them to refer you when certain opportunities arise. Asking for support could also look like asking them to share with you what's required in order to do business with their organization. Keep in mind that many, if not all of the people you know, have a job, meaning that they work at a company. So that company may or may not fit the characteristics of the type of organization you want to work with, but even if it doesn't, they are still plugged into their industry and they have a network of their own, which can eventually lead you to the right person. Ultimately, using this method to find clients and build relationships with decision makers comes down to your willingness to ask. Asking can feel like a vulnerable thing. And maybe as you listen to this, you've already begun reasoning with yourself about why this won't work for you. I don't have a big enough network. I don't want people to know what I do. I don't think the people that I know can actually help me with this and so on and so forth. Friend, you won't know until you try. And the truth is you lose nothing by asking. If they can't help you, then in the short term, you've lost nothing. And in the long term, you've set them up to be able to help you in the future. But if they can help you, then you've just taken one step forward towards your next client. In summary, educate your network on what you do and who you work with so they can help you. And don't be afraid to share with them specific ways that they can help you on your journey. Let's move to method number two. The second way you can market your business is through press, which is when you appear in publications or on broadcasts. This allows you to share your expertise using someone else's platform. The crucial point here is that you want to pick a platform that your target audience goes to for their information. These publications have already curated an audience of your target clients, which means sharing your message there can have a significant impact on your pipeline. These are typically going to be platforms within the industry of your target client, not necessarily within your industry, unless, of course, they're the same. Some examples of what this could look like are writing articles for an industry news outlet, whether that's digital or print, being interviewed by or for a media outlet that has authority and influence in your target client's industry, and being featured as a guest expert or subject matter on a podcast or radio show. 
Now, I want to clarify that I'm not referring to platforms like Forbes and Fast Company and Inc. If you are targeting manufacturing companies in technology, for example, then you may want to target a publication like Design for Manufacturing. A publication like this would have a very targeted and specific audience and would be a much better platform for you than getting an article in a magazine like Forbes. When using this strategy, a platform with less notoriety but a very specific audience that aligns with your target clients will serve you much better than a platform with notoriety but with a broad and general audience. The great thing about this type of press is that it continues to market your business for you long after it's been published. Articles and interviews are usually searchable and in some cases allow you to include a backlink to your website, which means that even years later when someone is searching for a topic that you've been featured as an expert on, it increases your chances of being found. And with Google processing over 8.5 billion searches a day and over 99,000 searches a second as of 2023, having even just one form of press can significantly increase your chances of being found. There are many lesser known publications and platforms within your industry, maybe ones that you don't even know about yet. Those are the places that your target audience is hanging out and where your marketing efforts can yield big results. So it's worth taking the time to find niche-specific publications that you can be featured on. Getting press opportunities can be challenging, but there are a few ways to bring those opportunities to you instead of you going out to look for them. And as usual, I want to make this as easy for you to action as possible. So in the download that's paired with today's episode, I list out three free resources that allow you to be notified when journalists and press opportunities are available within your industry. And I mean, this is literally as simple as it gets. It's completely free. All you have to do is put your email in and they send opportunities to you weekly. So it just doesn't get much simpler than that. You can find the download by scrolling down to the episode description, put in your email address, and I'll go ahead and send it over to you. In summary for method number two, look for platforms and publications that are specific to the industry of your target client and find a way to show up there, whether that's a broadcast, a journal, a magazine, a radio show, or something else, be where they are. Friend, it is finally here. I am thrilled to announce the highly anticipated virtual conference, Coinversations, Women of Color Entrepreneurs Breaking Boundaries and Sealing Corporate Deals. We created this conference in response to your request for a platform where women entrepreneurs can connect and focus on B2B corporate opportunities. Join us and learn directly from a panel of corporate decision makers and successful peers who have blazed the trail. You'll receive dedicated time and support to create an action plan that will help you secure your first or your next corporate client. And all of this while meaningfully growing your network of peers and partners. This conference is a one-stop shop for all women and women of color entrepreneurs looking to serve corporate clients and registration is officially now open. VIP tickets are limited, so friend, act fast to secure your spot. I am so excited to spend the day with you as we build our confidence, community, connections, and of course, our coins. Click the link in the show description to register now. And the third and final way to market your business without social media is through live events. 
This is my personal favorite of the three because I genuinely enjoy meeting people in person and I always find that I'm better able to build a relationship with someone after we've met face to face. Every time I attend an event, I always take a strategic approach. So I'm going to share with you my strategy so that you can use all of it or none of it or some of it, whatever works for you. I do hope, though, that at the very least, this encourages you to be more strategic when you attend live events, conferences, and otherwise network in person. I do also want to clarify that in this context, I'm specifically speaking about attending a live event in person. There are, of course, virtual live events, but there is a face-to-face component to this strategy that can be hard to replicate virtually. So just keep that in mind and adjust it as you see fit for whichever mediums you use for your live events. Okay, so a live event, especially one that is industry specific and requires payment, tends to attract a high quality audience of people who are open to and willing to connect with the peers that they meet while they're there. So it's a great place to meet decision makers and peers without any of the gatekeepers that can often be a barrier to you making those connections. That said, with anywhere between 50 to thousands of people in the room, depending on what kind of event you're attending, you have to have a way to stand out. And there are typically two ways that I do this. The first of which is to research the event before you go. See who the speakers are, the panelists, facilitators, sponsors, partners, and more. If there are certain people within your industry that you're hoping to meet there, check their LinkedIn or social media to see if they've made mention of the event before or if they're planning to attend this time around. The reason you're doing this is because you're going to use this research to create a list of two to three people that you want to connect with in person while you're there. Knowing some information about them will help you have talking points once you do actually get to meet them and connect in person. And it also helps you leave an impression so that once you do connect with them afterwards on LinkedIn, for example, they're more likely to remember who you are. So this is step one. Know who you want to connect with and show up prepared. Step two is to get their attention. One of the simplest ways to do this is to ask thoughtful questions. So here's what I mean. I'm going to share with you a story to help you understand what this looks like. I'm going to tell you about the time where I first used this strategy back in 2019 when I had signed up for Tarzan K's business conference called Legendary. It was about a seven hour drive from where I live. And for me, it came with the usual costs of attending the conference, which are the accommodations, transportation, food, and so on. So I was determined to make this conference as impactful as possible for myself. I was not about to rely on the conference to make something happen for me. I was going to make sure that I made something happen for myself. Since I was on Tarzan's email list, I knew the event was gonna be smaller in size with around a hundred people which gave me a great opportunity to meet her face-to-face, which was one of my two goals for this event. My second goal was to be chosen to lead one of the peer-led sessions that they had announced via email. So I signed up to be a facilitator, then began to work my plan to ensure that I was one of the people that they chose. I mean, I knew, of course, that I couldn't guarantee that I would be chosen, but I could definitely stack the odds in my favor, and that's exactly what I did. 
So I looked at the program for the conference, highlighted the sessions that I was most interested in, and where I thought I could add something of value based on my own expertise. For each of those sessions, I researched the speaker, I paired it with my existing knowledge of the conference theme, and I wrote down two questions per session that I could ask. I knew I would likely think of more and maybe even better questions during the sessions themselves, so two questions was all I needed to start with. And this was all done at my home well in advance before the conference even came around. My thought process was that I may not be a speaker at the conference, but you can believe I'm going to find a way to speak on that mic nonetheless. So fast forward, the conference starts, I attend the sessions, and when they open the floor for Q&A, I shoot my hand right up and I'm given the mic. I introduced myself so that they knew my name and I asked at least one thought-provoking question for each session. By day two of the conference, most of the attendees knew my name because I kept asking questions. And you know who else did? Tarzan, which was my goal. (laughs) And can you guess what else happened by the end of day two? Yes, I was chosen to lead one of their peer-led sessions. Sis, let me tell you, I felt so accomplished. (laughs) Like, I made the plan, I worked the plan, and the plan worked for me in return. (laughs) I was on cloud nine. I left that conference feeling so accomplished. And from that event on, this has been my strategy whenever I attend a live event, particularly, of course, business conferences. So bringing this around to step two, being intentional about asking thought-provoking questions is a very simple way to stand out and to get the attention of the people that you want to connect with, even if they're not on stage. You can ask these questions during a meet and greet, during a Q&A session, during networking time, or even after the event if you connect with them on a platform like LinkedIn after the event has ended. I know that not every conference has a Q&A session where you get an opportunity to engage with the speakers in real time, but there's always an opportunity to connect with that person on LinkedIn, share your sentiments about their session, and to ask your question there. I'll also say that sometimes the person you're looking to connect with is not the person on stage, which is also why asking thought-provoking questions on a platform where others can hear you is also beneficial because sometimes the person you need to connect with is in the seats beside you and not necessarily one of the speakers on the stage. This two-step strategy is the way I approach the conferences and events that I attend, and it helps me enjoy the event more. It takes the pressure off trying to network with as many people as possible and allows me to focus on making fewer but more meaningful connections with a small handful of people. Ultimately, at the foundation of this strategy is being intentional about taking interest and showing interest in others, and that applies no matter who it is. In summary for method number three, know what you want to get out of the event before you attend, make a plan on how to achieve that, and give yourself permission to focus on making fewer but more meaningful connections while there. Now that we've gone through all three methods, I want to encourage you to choose only one. Yes, you can absolutely do all three of them, but chances are with everything else on your plate, you may not have capacity to do all of them well. So start with one method that resonates with you the most and commit to it. In doing so, you're giving yourself permission to let that be your primary marketing channel, meaning that that can be the one thing you focus on. 
And if you have other marketing methods that are currently working for you, by all means, continue to do them. But if you're still trying to figure out exactly where to spend your time and social media for you just ain't it, then give yourself permission to let one of today's methods work for you instead. All right, friend, let's recap our conversation today and talk about how we can convert this conversation to coins. I started off today's conversation walking you through the history of marketing to remind you that social media isn't the only way to market your business. And in some cases, it may not even be the best way for you. That led us to discussing three marketing methods that will help you build relationships and find clients without ever using social media. The first method was through your existing network. The second method was through press, like publications and features. And the third method was through live events. As you know by now, our conversation is never complete without talking about how to take action on what we just discussed. Your action item for today is to download the resource provided and to start using one of the three suggestions in it to help you find more press opportunities. Or if press is not really your thing, looking for an industry-focused live event that you can attend in person is also a great place to start. The goal of this action item is not to secure a client, but rather to start working the process that will eventually lead you to one. In the next episode, I have the privilege of interviewing a Systems at Scale alumni and an all-around amazing woman consultant, Ebony Gassine Wilkins. She's going to share her journey with us from how she went from no clients to closing multiple five-figure deals with several corporate clients. Let me tell you, her story is so inspiring. It had me and the whole team literally in our feelings in the best way possible. She's also going to share some of the ways she markets her business offline, which will build beautifully on the conversation we just had today. So make sure you don't miss it. Subscribe to the podcast so that way you'll be notified when the new episode is released. If you found today's conversation helpful, then friend, I want to personally invite you to our first Coinversations conference, which is happening on October 18th. Between the amazing women who will be attending and speaking, the insightful conversations, and the community of women entrepreneurs specifically focused on B2B opportunities, it's going to be a conference to remember. I am so excited and literally counting down the days. Registration is now officially open and tickets can be purchased using the link in the episode description. I just shared with you how much I love live events. And even though I won't get to hug and squeeze you in person, I am genuinely excited to see your beautiful face and to spend some time with you during this conference. So I really hope you are there. Don't wait to get your tickets. Scroll down, hit the link in the show description and get your ticket today. I cannot wait to see you there, friend. As always, I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me, and it's my hope that each episode plays a part in moving you one step closer to building a business that will have a generational impact. Friend, I need your help. It's my mission to provide this podcast as a resource for women and women of color entrepreneurs all over the world, and I can't do that without you. Every time you leave a review, it helps increase our reach, making it easier for fellow women entrepreneurs to find us. Will you take a moment to leave a review for the podcast? 
This small gesture means so much to me, and it's the best way you can support us if you love the podcast. And if you've left a review before, you can leave more than one. Every review goes a long way. All you have to do is hit the link in the show notes to leave a rating and a review, or head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review and rating there. And will you do me one more small favor? Take a second and share this episode with a fellow entrepreneur. Sharing even just one episode can make a world of a difference for the person listening on the other end. On behalf of myself and the team, thank you so much for supporting us in doing so. I'll be here at the same time and same place in two weeks. And until then, I wish you coins, confidence, and all the bags. Talk to you soon, friend. Mm -hmm.